What's up, you little gristle whistlers, huh? You alive, dude? Knock, knock. Who's there? Hopefully you. How you living, man? You believe in ghosts, man? You believe in ghosts? Do ghosts believe in you, though? That's the question. Have you done enough in your life for ghosts to believe in you? You ever accidentally urinate on your ex-girlfriend, bro? While y'all was sharing a sofa while you was sleeping over in Baton Rouge, Louisiana about nine years ago? Have you ever just wet the bed in your 30s, dude? Because you got issues that you haven't dealt with. Huh? You ever, you ever covered yourself in baby oil and pretended you was back inside your mother's womb? Ooh, hey, mama. Well, if you have, dude, you're definitely welcome here. This is This Past Weekend. This Past Weekend. Good morning. Uh, it is March 19th, uh, 2017. The year of the, I don't even know what it is, man. Could be a animal, Chinese, probably a, something they thought of, you know, and shared with the rest of us. Uh, I'm Theo Vaughn. This is, uh, this is this past weekend. And it's my birthday, man. I'm going to start off and say that. Um, I know we talked about it last week a little bit on here. I was at my brother's home in Baton Rouge. And we taped the episode in his uh, children's. He have uh, three beautiful childrens, and we taped the episode in their playroom, where they keep their toys and capes and just daytime uh, pieces of adventure. So here I am back at home in Los Angeles, uh, and it's my birthday, man, and and it feels pretty good, you know. I'm I'm 37. I am 37 years old, man. I'm an adult male. Uh, made a lot of poor choices, dude. Wet the bed until pretty much, I'd say early 30s, you know. Probably some anxiety, fear of nighttime. Um, actually, I remember as a child, I would get very scared of, of of going to bed and the darkness and anything that it could, you know, that it, that it could hide inside of itself and, and, and expose to me when I least expected it. Um... And I would, I remember at night, I, at night I used to stand on my bed at night because I had a fear specifically of animals. Um, we had a lot of dangerous animals in our neighborhood. Um, I grew up in the stray animal belt. A lot of people know that. And I remember at nighttime that I would stand on my bed and urinate around my bed, you know, around off, off of my bed, just off onto the floor because I had heard that, that animals wouldn't, attack if another animal had urinated locally so yeah so anyway that was uh that was some of my youth you know right there experimenting with urine and uh trying to protect myself as a child um and just i guess coming through a lot of fear you know a lot of fear as a young boy but yeah i'm 37 man you know and it feels it feels scary a little bit you know, it's kind of one of the last fears you can kind of say how old you are. Um, and I haven't done that for a while. I've been hiding. I've uh, tried to hide my age. I think I've had some ashamed about it. You know, just uncertainty. Didn't want people to know how old I was. Felt inferior of, uh, of my uh, accomplishments. Um, that I hadn't done enough in a certain age. But now I'm trying to embrace it. I'm trying to be where I am. And where I am is uh, 37 years of existence on, according to a lot of creeps and, and a lot of brothers out there really perpetuating uh, the idea of a flat earth. People saying that, that we've been living on a flat earth. Um, ran into a gentleman today outside of a Whole Foods type of, um, you know, uh, clean food store. And he really... He was authentic in his beliefs that the earth is flat. So I had to listen to that for a while. Nice gentleman, though, I will say that. But yeah, man, I'm 37. I uh, had a good day. What did I do? I got up. Um, I went and had breakfast with a friend of mine, a rich friend. They well off and um, beautiful. They got two beautiful children and they, you know, they just have nice hair. And that's one thing about the rich I always noticed growing up. Their hair looked very like it was bought somewhere or sewn in or like their hair was from France, you know, like they had, you know, France hair and they just, 
I remember the rich always seemed, you know, like if you saw a rich dude with bad hair, you were like, this dude ain't, ain't this dude ain't rich. You know, he's not as rich as he could be. Because um, I remember rich people always had nice hair. But anyhow, man, it's my birthday. I spent time with my friend this morning. I went bike riding today. My boy Dirt Nasty out there and um, and a couple of other buddies. We went bike riding on these motorized bicycles. And they can go up to like about 30 miles an hour. You just press a button. So you're on a, on a regular bicycle. And next thing you know, you were just flying, bro. So we did that in Venice all day. I threw a little bit of that video um, if you're on the YouTube watching, I threw a little bit of that video at the beginning. But anyhow, thank you for joining me. Um, it's good, man. I've had some good birthdays over the years. I remember a friend of mine has a one-year-old child. Now it's older, but at the time it was one. And he had his birthday party at uh, Perry Farrell's house. Perry uh, Farrell? The guy from Jane's Addiction, the lead singer. So that was pretty interesting. Go over there, celebrating for a one-year-old. My ex-girlfriend threw me a surprise party one year. That was very nice. Uh, I had a roller rink birthday when I was young. And I remember this young, uh, this young black gentleman came to the party, and nobody knew him. You know, we were children, and he showed up. His mother dropped him off, and he was pleasant. You know, um, I think Demetrius or Dimitri, he was pleasant, kind of an Italian black kind of name, and he was pleasant, and he enjoyed the party, and ate, and enjoyed himself, and did roller skating, and then he, his mom came and picked him up, and, and, and he went home, and he was not, nobody knew him though, none of the parents knew him, and none of the children knew him, so that's... I mean, I guess that's a way, that's one way to fit in, that is for sure. But I appreciate you guys joining me. Um, what's been going on this past weekend? Um, really just kind of chilled, man. I had about 10 comedy sets. A lot of joy out there. Oh, I met Charlie Sheen, so that was pretty wild. I worked on this thing called Typical Rick, which is a Comedy Central series with Nick Swartzen and uh, Simon Rex. And um, it was season two of that, and I had a small part on there. And I walk over to Wardrobe on the set, and uh, Charlie Sheen is sitting there, the big dog himself. You know, Mr. Tiger's Blood, uh, HIV, you know, the Superman. Uh, he was smoking a cigarette, and so I got me a cigarette, and we started chatting and just sharing the breeze and just just throwing ideas around. And I had this shirt on that had a picture of uh, Michael Landon on it. And everybody knows I'm a big Michael Landon fan. And Charlie asked me about the shirt. And I told him about my fanship. And then he said that um, that one time he was he had, he was escaping out of a rehab facility. And that uh, one of Michael Landon's sons, his one, one of Michael Landon's children was in the, in the facility. And as he was leaving, uh, he saw the door open to the room of Michael Landon's son. And he asked him if he wanted to go party with him. And that they left out and partied for the weekend. So that was pretty cool, man. And he looked, I mean, he was really captivating. Great energy, super sweet guy. I mean, just honestly nice as could be. And he looked like he'd been at spring break for about 30 years um, in Cancun. And uh, and it was, it was just cool, man. It was just interesting to just kind of chat with him and just shoot the breeze. Um... What else did we talk about? That was it, man. That was it, dude. And I'll tell you this. They had a couple ladies there on set. And I think any lady would have left with him, man. I mean, the dude, he just got that, I don't know. He's got that. He just had the charisma, man. That charisma. And uh, so that was it. So that was part of an interesting part of the weekend was just getting a bump into uh, Mr. Charlie Sheen himself. Ah. And a lot of times I think on my birthday I feel negative, you know, or just like I haven't gotten things done. And then sometimes I'll remember, think about this, that you were a sperm, bro. Think about a sperm, dude. There's tons of them. You were a sperm. And now, I was a sperm. Everybody pretty much was a sperm unless... 
you know, somebody's, you know, doing something different. But now look at me. I have, I have, I'm six feet tall. I have hands and arms. And I mean, if anything, I've achieved a lot. I mean, I'm probably 30 million times my original size. Um, I'm really on another level. So even just thinking about that, about how far I've come physically, uh, that's pretty amazing. So that's one thing to even just think about on your birthday, that even just physically, that you've come a long way as a human. As a human. And I really, I felt a lot of joy today because my neighbors made me a nice meal. And I got home and they had made me a meal. And um, they let me invite a friend. And we went over there and we ate. We had some pieces of London broil. And they had... um a salad that had all kinds of cranberries and avocados and delectable tidbits and this and that, you know, things that make your face feel good when you put them inside of your mouth. And we also had a little bit of coconut ice cream. You know, as nighttime set in, we had a little bit of that coconut ice cream and god damn, that shit just oh, just feels like it's just fucking the inside of my mouth, man. I I love I love coconut I love coconut, man. And when I die, I'd be happy to just be packed in it. Just pack me in coconut and astronaut ice cream. If you've ever had that, it's dehydrated ice cream. And they sell it at um at museums. And it's a very nice treat to have in a museum or in other buildings elsewhere. I think back to my first birthday in Los Angeles, uh... I was living with two friends. I was sleeping under a man's bed, actually. And I think I've mentioned this before. For $150 a month on a large pool raft. He had one of those pool rafts. And um, and I slept under his bed and up under the the edge of his bed. Except for if he was out of town, I would, I would honestly, I'd get into that man's bed. And even though I didn't know him super well, I knew him. You know, we we're buddies. But I would lay in his bed, dude, and I would sleep in there. And that's kind of a wild feeling, I think, um, sleeping in another man's bed and just letting yourself just be natural, you know, like that. Because it feels, another man's bed feels like another man, you know, it feels like you being bad, you know, and you just Goldilocksing in a gentleman's, you know, and you don't know. And he didn't make his bed. That's another thing I remember. He didn't make his bed. And getting into another man's bed that he doesn't even make, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it really makes you feel a little bit gutter. You know, it puts the, it puts the, it puts the guh in gutter, dude. You get in there and uh, it's just not the same as if somebody's bed is made and you get in. That's very, it feels a little less, I don't think it's homoerotic. I just think it's just nasty. It feels less nasty that way. So yeah, that was my first uh, birthday in L.A. I was paying $150 a month and sleeping under a man's bed. And also, I remember, my responsibility was, we didn't have a refrigerator. And my responsibility was to get us a refrigerator. And it happened to be my birthday. And I finally find a refrigerator on Craigslist. I get the dude to bring it over, get it off of his truck. And I'm trying to be friendly. I'm from the South, and I'm, you know, and I'm just fucking at least partly friendly and I say well I will I can get it inside I don't need any help guys you don't want to be a man and I've been going to the gymnasium at the time and you know I might have even been on muscular uppers and stuff that were making me feel strong so I'm like I'll get the refrigerator myself so next thing you know I'm trying to get this refrigerator I'm pushing it down this little side alley by the apartments uh, that right up to the back door of the apartment we're staying in, and I get it in the doorway, and it gets stuck. And I'm literally running and shouldering this refrigerator, trying to beat this refrigerator into our apartment. It's all, I mean, you can, the grill thing on the back, or the, I don't know what it's called, it looks like a vent kind of thing, but where the Freon and stuff is, is all broken up and shit, and and I remember just leaning against it at the end and just crying, bro. Just crying, man. Like a little, just like a little labia of, 
just like a little labia of 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 the world you know just like a just like a not even a strong labia and just crying and that was my birthday i just remember this is my fucking birthday here i am crying trying to beat a refrigerator in and uh into an apartment and that was that was a dark one, man. That was a dark birthday. But this this wasn't that today. Today was nice and calm and adult. And it was one of those days where I realized I gotta be a I gotta be an adult, man. You know, I don't wanna grow up sometimes. But at some point you have to do it. You got to adult. You gotta quit, you know, doing kid shit, man. And I think in the past you have done some of those things, you know, um, I mean, I quit drinking. Some people don't know that, but I do. Uh, I do not drink. I'm eight months now of not drinking. Um, I struggle sometimes with some cigarettes. They know that. And I struggle sometimes as well with, um, you know, trying to stop a pornography, which is a huge issue. And I'd love uh, if people are going to call in next week to give some calls. If you have if you have some issues with that, I'd love to know about it. I want to delve into that a lot next week. I'm going to give you that hotline number right now to leave a voicemail, and it's 985-664-9503, and if you want to call in, if you're struggling with masturbation, uh, masturbatory activities, and I just want to know how you're dealing with it, you know, the ups and downs of it. Um, also, if you've had some shitty jobs, I might talk about that as well, because at a certain point, masturbating is, is a shitty job, man. It is a... It's a habit that you get into, and uh, and dealing with that pornography and dealing with that, I mean, I'm just amazed at how many people have reached out to me and said, look, man, I'm really struggling with this, you know, I'm really struggling with that activity. But I'm feeling fortunate today, I'm feeling better this week, and thinking about what do I need to get done in my life to make me feel, you know of my age to make me feel 37 there's a lot of things that have been just sitting on the on the diving board you know that i've been afraid to just kind of throw into the pool and now it's time to cut it up dudes now it's time to bust some straight up gunt you feel me now it's time to now it's time to hum this gunt out into the ether and that's what i'm gonna do that is what i'm gonna do and i remember i used to have a lot of dreams of things that i never got done I remember I wanted to see do around the world when I was young. And I even I wrote a letter to see do at the time and that's like a jet ski type company. But that was the only one they had at the time. I think it was called a see do. S E A D O O see do. And you uh and you could go pretty far on them. You know, and I used to live along a river and I would do them there and get on them. And um and I remember emailing them uh writing them a letter and saying I want to see do around the world. You know, I can do this. And they never wrote back. Uh, so I've had some dreams that haven't really come to fruition, you know. I wanted to be a dancer. I'll be honest about that, dude, you know. It's kind of a, t you know, it's a tough thing to admit. I'll admit that. But I wanted to be a dancer. You know, in my, in my 20s, I felt... Dude, as soon as I got out of bed in my feet just felt so light my feet just felt light like I could do it you know and then I hurt my back dude painting a house and just dangerous really painting it just in dangerous heat in over 100 degree heat wrapped in and I was wrapped in this visqueen suit because a bunch of bees were trying to get me and uh and I hurt my back and you know, that ended kind of some of my dancing dreams but I still have other dreams, you know. I still have other things that I want to get done. But here I am, 37, you know. Here I am, 37, and I'm looking forward. Uh, I'm looking forward to this year. And I'm looking forward to trying to put some safe pressure on myself so that I can get some things done, man. So anyhow, let's, uh, I want to get into some calls, man. We had some great calls. I appreciate everybody reaching out on the hotline. And that number is 985-664-9503. And I'm not offering advice here, but I will try to offer basic life suggestions based on experiences that I've had. Because I've been out there, man. I've done the, I've been involved in some dirty things, you know. And I've made love to some busted women out in the 
and the existence, you know, and I've, I've done the drugs and the, you know, and I've done some naughty things. I'll tell you one time, one birthday I had that stands out, I was with this man, David was his name, and he had two different color eyes, and I've always, I've always thought those people were trouble, honestly. When you see somebody and they got two different color eyes, it's not a, you know, the, it wasn't, they weren't fully designed, I never thought. And this boy, David, um, we were on this party bus kind of thing, and it was like a tour bus, and I was going to sleep. And he liked to party, you know, and do drugs and do uppers. And he said, hey, man, let's go party. It's about 1.30 in the morning. I was like, man, I'm tired, man. You know, I can't. I'm tired. And he goes, well, I'll go get us some drugs, you know. And this is when I was doing drugs and enjoying drugs. And uh, and so I, I said, well, look, man, if you come back with drugs, I'll do them with you. You know, trying to be supportive. And then I fall asleep. About 4.30 in the morning, this dude rolls back in, and he's got some uh, steroids on him, some testosterone 400, and that's a steroid, Mexican steroid, horse uppers, uppers for horses and equestrians, and so he's like, let's party, dude, I'm like, I'm not fucking doing steroids, dude, first of all, they take about two weeks to get in your system, so even if we hit a club right now, we're not going to feel the vibe from it, you know, we're not going to feel the, but he had me, you know, shoot him in the ass with these drugs, and, uh, and he kind of put on some athletic looking gear and went to like a late rave or something, or something that was popping off around 5 a.m., so that was a birthday that I had, that was a bit lonely. All right, man, let's get into some of these calls, dude, we got some amazing calls that came in, uh, I want to hear what's up, we're about to hit this hotline right here. All right, we got this call from Franklin, North Carolina. Hey, bro. My girl has three really long, thick, bristly hairs growing out of her navel. I plucked one while she was sleeping. The root was really bulbous and girthy and smelled like bone broth. Should I love her or leave her? Wow, man. Um, yeah, that's the hairy navel, dude. I've, you know, I haven't dealt with that. Uh, I've, I've definitely dated, I dated a girl with a very small head uh, for a while. And even, it was almost just like her neck had gotten real fancy at the top and had a mouth on it and stuff. And and I remember her head just felt like a, just like a, like an adventurous kind of melon. It wasn't, it was, it was about a three-quarter head maybe of a regular head. And that made me nervous, dude. Um... I dated a girl that she her mouth smelled like meat around her mouth smelled like different meat, mm, like she was just you know just hiding carpaccio under her skin or something around her mouth, or doing putting some kind of meats or something on her mouth at night. And I know she wasn't. I mean that's crazy. She wasn't. She didn't even eat beef jerky or do any of those, nothing like that. But she had this very meat. This kind of barbecue-ish kind of feeling and scent around her lips. That made me nervous. I hooked up with this girl one time in South Carolina or North Carolina. Who's, her breasts kind of felt like shit diapers a little bit. Um, you know, like a baby. Like if a baby has like a poop diaper, you can, you can mold the diaper and it'll stay that way. And her breasts were like that. You could shape them and they would stay in whatever shape it, you kind of put them in. Um, so that was very baffling, but I never said a word, you know, uh, I never said a word, dude, because I've had things that I'm sure and do have things that I'm sure women don't like about me. You know, I've had hairy back, um, had hairy buttocks, you know, sometimes I get it kind of tended to, they got a Persian lady over here who really hates hair and she'll go at it for you for about $50 and really attack it and. But I, uh, I, I, you know, I used to be nervous, self-conscious that I had hair kind of on my buttocks and back. And I even remember I would walk out of the room backwards. Like if I were leaving a bedroom, if I'd been making love with a lady and I'm walking out of the room, I would walk backwards like I'm fucking, like I'm that dude in, uh, in Silence of the Lambs, you know, 
you know, but I, I would like walk backwards like I was Michael Jackson, you know, just like, I gotta go to the bathroom, you know, just walk out of the room like that, dude. Because I was just, I didn't, maybe I was just self-conscious about that. Um, I had a fever one time really bad and made love to a woman. And I, I know to this day that she questions probably the heat that was coming out of my body. You know, it was, it was, so, it was, it was, it was beyond normal. Just, I mean, it was like a 103 degree fever I was fucking at, you know, and that's very intense probably. So I don't know what she thought. Maybe that I had some type of a rabies or that I was just angry, just so angry, you know, to be coming in that hot physically. So I think you got to think about that, man. Like how many hairs and weird body things do you have, you know? I mean, not to scold you, but to let you know that Dude, you probably have countless deficiencies. Countless, man. We all do. So you can't really hold your lady to that crazy regard, I don't think, you know? I mean, maybe celebrate it. Get her a barrette. You know, get her a barrette and just pop a beautiful barrette, like a nice church, little church brooch for your hair and put it on the on those hairs, you know? Or gel them down, you know? Make a game about it. You know, floss your teeth with them, dude. Celebrate it. Maybe instead of, you know, trying to sneak them out of her body while she's resting. And how hard does she even sleep if you're able to pull a hair out of her body? I'd worry about more about, you know, some of her sleep patterns and about some of her hair patterns. And uh, and, and just love her, man. That's what I say, dude. Because here's the thing. If you love her, love her for everything, bro. If she has one leg or one lip or one... You know, or only one, one, one fucking hat or anything, dude. Love her. You know, if you're going to love her, love her. That's what I say. If you say you're going to love somebody, then love them. Otherwise, don't bullshit them up top, man. But if you want to mail that hair in, dude, uh, email me and I'll show the hair to people. Just to prove that you're out there doing that. Sneaking hairs out of people's body in the middle of the night, bro. Damn, dog. That's some Boo Radley shit right there, bro. But I do appreciate uh, you checking in. And I say just embrace her, man. You know, show her some some bad hair you have. And y'all just be fucking hair bears, dog. You know? Hair bear up. Hair bear up. Alright, I got some a couple of announcements to make. I'm going to cut to a couple more calls, man. Um, first of all, if you're watching on YouTube or iTunes, go ahead and subscribe. You know, be a subscriber. Uh, rate the podcast. Give me some decent ratings because I'm trying to get enough listeners where I can have some advertisers. I mean, that's just the business side of that. Um, I have some comedy dates coming up. I feel very grateful to have uh, to have the ability to be at um, Comedy on State this weekend, March 23rd through 25th in Madison, Wisconsin. And then I'm going to be at the Punchline in Sacramento, April 21st through 23rd. So I'm excited about that. People have asked me about the shop, uh, theovon.com slash store. We got some Got Hamps shirts in there. Um, you can still get the album, 30-pound bag of hamster bones. We were doing well on the charts. We're still doing pretty good, but we could pick it up if you want to grab the album. Um, talking about my boy that I grew up with, this boy named Danny, who had some, he had this deficiency in his neck. So I'll talk about that. All right, let's take another call here. And this is from Canada. This is Monica. Oh, hey, Theo. This is Monica. I'm calling from Vancouver, Canada. And I'm just wanting to get your male perspective on an issue I'm having. So I'm about 27. I've been dealing with depression and social anxiety probably for the last 10 years or so. And last year was especially pretty rough. Probably the last six or eight months. It's been really sad and just feeling lonely and just like empty and on, on top of that I gained a bunch of weight so you just feel so unattractive and you just want to hide away from everybody but at this point I've come to the realization that being alone at this point isn't really good for my psyche and I know that it's time for me to get out there and pick myself up again and get into the dating world so I guess I'm just hoping you might have so many looking for some advice from you to, you know, get some confidence back and get my shit together, hopefully. 
So any thoughts you have would be greatly appreciated. Wow. Well, I mean, first, look, Monica, I'll tell you this. You know, I love you. I'll say that right out of the gate, you freaking little, you thick little muffin, you know. If you're putting on a pound or two, you could just hug me. I bet it feels good. That's the good thing about if you do put on a little bit of weight, when you hug somebody, you're really giving them more joy. You know, you ever hug a bony person? It's like, it's like holding on to a pillowcase full of deer antlers, you know? But you hug a real meat, a real meat dog, you know, or a meaty or stronger or thicker, Rubenesque. That's beautiful, you know? So I want to say, first of all, that I love you, you know, and, and I feel you. And it sounds like you got a, you're putting a lot on your plate, you know? I mean, you want to feel better. Um, and then you don't want to be alone. Huh. And I can sympathize with that. Um, regarding the weight, I mean, you would be surprised how much getting in shape and getting your blood going makes everything else better. It's specifically your mindset. Like you get a little bit of activity, physical activity, you get your mind is gonna it's gonna start to get in shape as well, and I would try to approach your weight loss not with I, I I have to lose weight or I'm gonna lose weight, but with the idea or the mindset that I'm gonna live a healthier lifestyle. Then it's not just about the weight, and I find that people who approach it that way that I'm gonna live a healthier lifestyle tend to lose weight and actually keep it off because then they're headed in an overall better direction. And this uh, and this is going to sound kind of silly, but I promise that this works, right? When you see a food that you want but you shouldn't have, don't say, I can't eat that. I, I would say, I don't eat that. That way, you are taking ownership. You're taking control as opposed to letting the food take the control, if that makes any sense. You know, I don't eat that. That's way freaking, then you're like a thug. You're a thug out there. Whereas if you say, I can't eat that, then you are in this kind of, uh, you're being attacked kind of by the food. So I don't eat that. It just, it's a lot more power for you. And I feel like that that will just empower you overall and I think those are some simple things you can do to to start moving like a physically healthier direction and in terms of like social anxiety I I can 100% relate I mean I spent honestly about five years of my life sleeping uh, in Santa Monica just I was depressed and I was I, I would get uncomfortable being in social circles and I would lay in my bed and I would just sleep and I would eat peanut butter and jellies during the daytime. And I would hope for the best, but not but not act for the best. And uh and I thought that one day I would just wake up or or from some nap, I would just wake up and suddenly the world would be better or I would feel better. But that never happened. I mean, all I really did was push my problems like five years down the road. And there's and there's no magic way to make yourself feel comfortable. You know, like in a social setting. I mean, I think one thing that does help is just trying to make each time you're in a social setting a little bit better than the last time by making more effort. You know, introduce yourself to people. I think that's the best thing. Just, hey, I'm Theo. Hey, I'm Monica. Like, because immediately you're taking kind of, you're taking again, you're taking ownership. You're taking control of the situation. And even if they don't respond well, at least, then that's them being antisocial. That's not you being antisocial. And also try to find areas, maybe you could be looking in the wrong circles. Like, dude, I went to nightclubs for years, bruh. And it was a bunch of Persian people in there, usually adult men, or very tan, like, men that had been in the gymnasium and looked like their muscles were just trying to climb out of their shirt and leave them because their muscles didn't even like them. Like their muscles just wanted to get divorced from their skeletons and just just be done with them, you know? And veins blowing up out of their chest and neck. And, and then a lot of Persian men wearing uh, cologne, heavy cologne. 
and and I would be there and, and I would feel like something was wrong with me, you know, but really everybody in the club or 90% of the people were miserable. They were just trying to look like they were having a good time. And one of my problems was I was going to clubs. I was looking repeatedly in the same place for social acceptance in a place that really I never did like. I never did like clubs, man. I like more of like being around a fire. Um, fuck, I even scrapbook, bruh. I fucking scrapbook, dude. I So, you know, I'm not saying I'm enjoying some scrapbookers club with a lot of ladies and stuff, but but I needed to find other areas uh, to get social in. And once I started doing that, you know, I would just hang out at a comedy club. Those people, it's, a, it's just a different vibe. Um, you know, there's no great way to do it, but you got to make an effort. And whether that's the next time I go to a party, I'm going to introduce myself to two people or I'm a pet animal. You could even start off at a petting zoo. You could start off at a petting zoo and get out there or meet children. Go to a place where a lot of children are, you know, if you don't, if you know you don't have any issues with children and meet children because they're going to be accepting. They'll be cool. And then just use some of those same skills you learn with children or even with animals uh, with adults. And also like give yourself permission to be uncomfortable. You don't have to be comfortable. That's another myth. We're not always comfortable, bro. So give yourself permission to not be comfortable. Oh, I'm uncomfortable. Okay. Instead of like, oh, fuck, I'm uncomfortable. You know, oh, God. Oh, I'm so uncomfortable. This shirt, it doesn't feel these shoes. They don't match this, this. Otherwise, it's like, oh, fuck, I'm uncomfortable. I don't know why. Don't pin the tail on your own donkey if you don't know why you're uncomfortable. I used to do that. Oh, I'm uncomfortable. Bah, 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 bah. But I'll say this, I uh, I heard a quote once that insecurity is the belief that this is only happening to us. You know, there's it, there's so few feelings and so many people that there's a lot of people who are having the same feelings you are. So you gotta you gotta voice them, you gotta share them, find somebody else that looks awkward as fuck, and boom, that's your first friend. If you feel awkward. Find somebody else that's awkward. They're easy to pick out. And then bam. Now y'all have dual awkwardness. Two awkwards. You know what they say. Two awkwards make a comfort. So I think that that could help. I hope some of that shit helps. You know, Be at the library. Even though they have a lot of deviant homeless at the library. And a lot of them are. I mean this. I had some insane experiences when I first got to LA. A lot of homeless and they do masturbation too at the library. You know that. And Monica, I just want to say I love you. You know, I hope you feel better. Um, you know, you're probably a good woman. You probably are. And if you care enough about yourself to reach out to other people, um, that's a great start. So you're already doing way better than I was. Those, those years I was just lying in my bed just eating peanut butter and jellies and Oh, caught up in the throes of pornography and just in the dark, in the dark, in the darkness. So I'm proud of you there. You got this. Just G up a little. Drink a Red Bull. G up. You know, even something as little as getting yourself a new pair of sneakers or something like that can kind of, it can just excite you. Some small motivation. Um, and don't do it all in one day. You don't have to change today. You just have to progress today. So progress, not perfection. You know, that's kind of what I'm aiming at overall. All right, we got one more call here from Santa Clarita, California, Spanish town. Hey, Theo. Uh, I got a question for you. A little bit of a situation I'm in. Um, my girlfriend, she works at a gym, okay? She's a personal trainer. When she first got hired on, I kind of had an issue with her becoming that, being a personal trainer, being that she's, a, she's extremely attractive. Okay. Uh, so I knew guys would hit on her. Uh, but anyways, I went forth with it and I let her know, you know, do your thing. And she ended up becoming a personal trainer. And so far, everything has been kosher up until today, actually, where actually she texted me and she told me, by the way, I was at work today and the GM of the gym ends up letting her know, like, hey, how'd you get such a nice ass? Mm. Which, in my mind, is fucking 
ridiculous. That's hmm. just offensive. You, you're the GM, you're the general manager yeah, of the gym. You don't ask a question like that to your employee. Yeah. And from what I know, this is a, uh, the GM is a, is a generally attractive guy in his younger years. And I just was like, she told me this, which I appreciated. But my question is, I guess, is how would you react to that situation? I mean, you find out this guy's kind of creeping on your girl like that. And I don't even know if it's creeping. I don't know if I should be mad about that, jealous. What should I be, I guess? I don't know. At first I was mad, but that's the question, man. I'm just wondering what you think of it, okay? Let me know. Awesome, dude. Well, look, uh, thanks for calling in with that, bro. You got some issues there. Your lady's at the gym. Um, the owner of the gym is hitting on her, you know, trying to freaking, you know, attack that gunt from the inside. You feel me? And I respect that. I mean, that's nature. You know, he's just being a part of nature. It sounds like he's being inappropriate. Um, but, dude, do you really want a girlfriend that's that other dudes aren't hitting on, you know? I mean, maybe you do, but I don't think you do. You know, like, that's one of the consequences. If you're dating a chick that's hot or a chick that works at the gym, bro, any gym, it could just be, a like, a single barbell in a basement somewhere in a cavern, and men will wander in there and hit on her if she says she's a personal trainer. There's something sexy about that, you know, about the woman that works at the gym and trying to you know, be sensual with her. So that's going to happen. So I think if you kind of want that. I mean, you want your girl to be attractive. You want other men to to want her. I mean, I'll be honest, bro. Right when you even mentioned your girl that he thought she had a nice ass, I wanted to see your girl's ass, bro. You know? And I'm not saying I'm proud of that thought, but I wanted to see your girl's ass, dude. And I wanted to see that ass. I wanted to fuck. I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it, man. I was picturing... You know, just the, whatever her ass looked like, the beautiful little globes and the little, just being dirty, bro. I thought about being dirty. So, that's the problem with us, man. There's like, we got the sin inside of us. We got the innermost layer of just dirt ball. It's just that dirt ball. It's almost like we have an extra layer of skin on us and it's just, it's just a bunch of dirt ball cellophane, you know? Because we want to be nasty as men, man. You know, I mean, look, I dated a hot chick one time. You know what she did, bro? She fucking cheated on me, dude. So, that's what you get, bro. It can happen. It's one of the risks you get. That's why the old school move, date a busted chick and pretend she's hot. That way, if you pretend well enough, you think she's hot. She thinks she's hot. And everybody wins pretty much, you know? I mean, that's one, that's one school of thought. And on another level, I would worry less about how you feel about the situation and think about how she feels. I mean, she's getting lurked on by this, as you said, an aging GM who looked better in the past. Um, you know, she, that's way creepy situation for her to be in. Uh, so you, I would just, I would keep your concern right there, you know, just as to how she feels. If she's handling it and she's confident, then you got to show up with that confidence and be supportive right next to her, dude. You can't be getting too insecure. Because women just, it's not in their nature to want to be with an insecure man. It's not in their nature, bro. Not in their nature. If you put an insecure man, or even an insecure baby, I bet, out in a field, and you put a woman out there who has breast milk in her, and that baby's insecure. He's like, ah. I bet you three out of ten women wouldn't breastfeed that baby. But you put a tough-ass baby out there, a little Italian baby, a German baby, you know, then women are going to want, they're going to want that because they're going to feel that security. That, that Oh, that baby knows what he's doing. That baby's combing his hair, you know. That baby's wearing a gold chain. That baby, I'll, I'll breastfeed that baby. Yeah, because if you don't, if you if you're insecure about other men being interested in her, then that's gonna make her question whether or not you believe in yourself. And if she starts questioning that, then then 
immediately she's going to start questioning whether or not she believes in you. Uh, and I think that's just nature. You know, that's just the, that's the insecurity food chain, you know. So you want to be secure. That's the, that's the place you want to come from. Confidence, see if she's all right, you know, because she's the one who's got to take that ass to the gym and do all the work. I don't even know if you have a job, bro. You didn't mention you're employed. So I don't know really what you're up to. I mean, I'm supportive of you if you don't have a job, but probably I'd love for you to be working. But yeah, man, I mean, I mean, it's really unwise to ask somebody to be more secure in you than you are. And then I'd let him know. I'd let that dude know. You know, I would let him know in like a weird kind of trill, thug, maybe homoerotic way, dude. I would, here's what I would do. I would send that dude a letter, the GM dude, and just an anonymous letter, doesn't know it's from you, doesn't know what woman it's regarding, and I would say, if you keep hitting on my woman, I'm going to track you down and fuck you, bruh. That's what I would say. And I would, I would underline, fuck, and I would underline, bruh. That way he's going to know you're a little askew. And then I would hashtag, let's fuck. That's what I would do. So that, that way, he's like, wait, you don't want me hit on your girl, or you're going to fuck me, and then you're saying, let's fuck anyway. Now this dude is going to be, first of all, that makes you seem way secure, you know? You're so secure in your lady, you'll bang this fucking dude? That's, that's secure to me, man. And, and second of all, it lets that dude know f shit, you know, if he doesn't want to end up... <coughs> copulating with a man then he needs to watch what he's doing and he could be doing that to other women so that could really that could really stop a lot of his behaviors man so that's kind of a beautiful idea but those are just some uh, some suggestions that i have um what else guys i think that's kind of it maybe for today man it's getting late where are we at it's getting late bro um, and then actually I got one more thing. My mother sent me a card. So I'm going to check this card out. Uh, it says, happy birthday. Wishing you a wildly wonderful year. I hope 2017, your 37th year, will bring you happiness and self-satisfaction. I love you, Theo, your mom. Uh, really nice of her to send me that beautiful card right there. Uh, my mother doesn't have much, but, um, you know, she doesn't give up. You know, she wasn't equipped with a lot of, sometimes I don't think, all the emotions that I wanted her to have as a mother when I was young. Um, but she never stops working to try and show me that she cares even if she can't and not because it's her own fault but even if she can't always make me feel like she cares and i think that that's uh it's pretty remarkable to not give up man hard-working woman out of illinois you know and i admire a hard-working woman man um but yeah my mother and i had some you know just weird stuff growing up you know we just i just never felt I uh, just didn't feel her care sometimes, you know. Just got stuck in this care void. But but she never has stopped, ever, um, trying to let me know that she does care. Uh, and that's pretty remarkable. It's the best we can do sometimes as people, man. Um, I'm not, I don't know, I'll take us out with some music. Let me find a good song. I appreciate you guys being here with me for my birthday. Um... I know I'm a little tired. Maybe Sunday night isn't the night to do this. I don't know. You know, I don't know. But uh, thank you also for supporting the album, uh, 30 Pound Bag of Hamster Bones. It's on iTunes. Um, we got a new album that's going to come out soon. Uh, the material from the Netflix special will be released uh, on iTunes as well at a fair price. I'm about fair price things um, and that sort of thing, you know. I'm not out here trying to make a buck, you know. But um, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to make something of myself. You know, I'm trying to make something of my 37th year. You know, it's gonna be wild, dude. Here's I'll be home for Christmas.
Yeah, they're good all year round. It is March. It's still good. Oh man, I met Charlie Sheen too. I'll tell you about it next week. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. guys under the uh under the mistletoe huh good luck out there monica keep your head up huh boo all right boo boo ladies and gentlemen i'm jonathan kite and welcome to kite club a podcast where i'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events stand-up stories and seven ways to pleasure your partner the answer may shock you sometimes i'll interview my friends sometimes i won't and as always i'll be joined by the voices in my head you have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Jermaine. Hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is broken. <laughs> no! I think Tom Hanks just butt-dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule, like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.